Hi guys, and welcome to the Healthified Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McLaughlin, holistic health coach, writer, and wellness entrepreneur who has for over 15 years delved deeply into my passions of nutrition and health. Before we get started, this episode of Healthified is brought to you by Gratisfied, a natural foods company I launched in order to make a more impactful change in the packaged food space. I am so happy to announce that our crowd-pleasing grain-free Gratisfied bar is now available. It is made with nut seed superfoods, easy to digest egg white protein, baked with coconut oil, and sweetened with some coconut nectar and monk fruit. It is my new favorite thing, and I am so excited to share it with you. We also have our Empower Bar Baking Mixes, which come in both original and cacao, and provides you the ability to make your own healthy nutrition bars at home. It's super easy and convenient with minimal ingredients. But the baking mixes do so much more from cookies to cakes to pie crusts, breads, muffins, you name it. I have all Empower Baking Mix recipes on my online magazine, healthified.com. And for a discount off of any of my Gratisfied products, visit gratisfied.com and use the promo code healthified at checkout. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could scroll down and submit a rating or review. Five stars is awesome and very much appreciated. But of course, honest feedback is also welcome. Today's guest is Taryn White, functional nutritionist and owner of Green Mind, a nutrition consulting business. With a passion for helping individuals solve complicated medical issues, Taryn uses food, nutrition, and lifestyle medicine to optimize health and well-being. She is a mom of four kids, a certified nutrition specialist with a master's degree in clinical and integrative nutrition, and a former hospital strategy consultant, bringing a unique goal-oriented approach to her work. Taryn develops customized nutrition plans for individuals based on the root cause of their health issues, focusing on gut health, blood sugar management, and mental wellness. In our conversation, we discuss how her intuition led her to functional medicine after efforts in the conventional medical system fell short when both she and her son faced health issues, which she would go back and tell herself as she was going through a challenging time in her life. How Taryn translates what she is learning about health and wellness to her four kids of various ages, when she knows to intervene, and when she knows to relinquish control. The core four areas of wellness she focuses on in her practice, why she believes food can be the ultimate powerhouse of your health. Let's head to our chat. Taryn, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the Healthified podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this is season six. And when I launched and I was kind of writing down my guests list, you were definitely at the top of that list. I love following you on Instagram and seems oh, as if you yeah. have a wealth of knowledge and just researching a little bit more. I cannot wait to hear more detail into your story. So for those of you listening, this is Taryn White and she is a functional nutritionist and owner of Green Mind. Um, and just with that short intro, will you just kick us off and tell us more about you, your story background and how you got to where you are? Yes, absolutely. Um, gosh, my story. So I've always loved healthcare. Um, and I started at age 16 working as a physical therapy aide and then went to school at UNC and, um, from there became a healthcare strategy consultant and, um, had so much fun with that job. It was a great job. Um, in my twenties, you know, I got to travel around and worked with, um, physician practices and hospitals and trying to figure out, okay, what service lines did you want to bring or promote to your hospital? You know, what cool new procedures do you want to do? How do you attract those patients? And, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, but I also knew, there was part of me that just wasn't fulfilled by that. And I also knew that um, once I became pregnant, that I would have to have a life change. I was on the road all the time. Um, and I also lost my mom at a really young age. Um, I was seven. And um, my dad went on to marry another woman and she was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, and so I was lucky to have her in my life, or I do, I am lucky to have her in my life. She's a very different woman from my mother. My mom was, you know, the traditional stay at home mom and leader of my brownie troop. And um, my stepmother was a, or is a um, very corporate, you know, has had a couple of businesses, very driven woman. Um, so I feel lucky to have kind of had exposure from both, but um I just remember as a child, just having moments of, and I was very well cared for, but just 
feeling a little bit lonely Mm -hmm. and knew that I wanted to have a big family one day and a close knit family. Um, so I have four kids and, um, so, you know, I, I kind of left the strategy world and stayed at home when I started having babies. Um, and so my first real like nutrition exposure was, was as a mom, um, one of my kiddos, um, I have three boys and a girl and one of my boys just, um, started missing developmental milestones, you know, around age one, he started having pretty severe speech delays. Um, and that rolled into some social delays. And then, you know, looking back like diet wise, he was the pickiest eater, um, ever. I mean, just, just crazy. He wouldn't eat any meat. He wouldn't eat any fruit. He wouldn't eat any vegetables at all. Um, and so we did, you know, all the things that we were told to do, like we were with our physician, we were, um, with speech therapists, we were with occupational therapists and just going around and around. And I just remember feeling as a mom, like there's something missing here. Like I am missing something and I didn't know what it was. Like, I honestly, I was just like, what am I missing? And, you know, how can I help him? Um, and so it took me a couple of years, honestly, but I found she's such a godsend. Um, her name's Kelly Dorfman. She's a nutritionist in DC that specializes in sensory processing disorder. Um, and she wrote a book in 2011 called what's eating your child. And I remember Mm. for the first time, like reading that book and like they were describing my son. Um, and it was the first time I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is exactly what's going on here. It's just like sensory overload for him. And I read the book and I remember she had been on CNN and was doing all these news appearances. I didn't even know if she was seeing clients anymore or patients, but I called her. I was like, I have got to get, I've got to see you like this. I need to learn from you. Um, and I was so grateful that she took us on and she was my first, what I call like real education in nutrition. Cause I always felt like I was a healthy person and mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, a lot of us feel like we put, you know, dinner on the table with some chicken and vegetables and generally have some like healthy food that we're healthy. Yeah. And, um, she was my first education and like what glyphosate is. I had never heard of it, which is that roundup chemical that's in a lot of baby cereals and, you know, food dyes and sugar and, you know, how that hijacks your brain as a, as a child. And, um, so light bulb kind of went off there for me and, Um, and he, you know, it was exactly what we were missing. Um, he became very functional and happy and successful in his environment at school and with friends and sports and, um, you know, fast forward many years, like we now know that, you know, there's some anxiety there and there's ADHD and she didn't cure these things, but she made him able to function and cope with them and be successful. Um, so that was really, that was really powerful for us as a family. Um, so then, you know, a few years go by, I mean, that's not when I personally jumped into nutrition, a few years, uh, went by and we were doing construction in, um, a previous home we lived in. And I, went down some bare wood stairs with some sock feet and I slipped, um, and I hit my tailbone really funny. Uh. And I remember sitting there, um, on the stairs and I just, I mean, my, my legs were tingling. I felt really weird. And, but I had all these men working in my house and I'm, I'm a little bit proud. And I was just like, I've got to stand up. Like, I do not want someone coming around the corner and, you know, doting on me or helping me or whatnot. And so I stood up, which was the stupidest decision ever. And I passed out and I went down this like L-shaped staircase, completely un- unconscious and really hit my head hard. I was, I'm actually super lucky that it wasn't worse than it was. Um, uh-huh. But I landed face down at the bottom of my stairs. Um, my fourth you know, I had my fourth baby then he was a, he was an infant and he was upstairs asleep. Thank goodness. 
Um, and my sweet dog, I had this wonderful lab at the time and he came over and like created a commotion and got some workers around. I mean, it was amazing. Um, and so anywho, I ended up with a, it was a really severe concussion. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what you know about concussion protocol, but nothing. the protocol is um, like complete darkness. You can't look at screens. You can't look at a TV. You can't look at a computer screen. You're really not encouraged to speak much. Like you really just need to rest and be in complete darkness. Um, but you can't sleep, right? Don't they discourage sleeping? They actually, once you've kind of gotten past that, like really acute, like, is there a bleed or whatnot? They definitely encourage sleeping. Um, And so I came home from the hospital um, and I couldn't, I mean, I was, I was on concussion protocol for about six weeks. I couldn't drive. I couldn't, um, I really couldn't function. I mean, outside of like laying in bed, it was really hard. And, and my eyes, like I had tracking issues too with my eyes. So I couldn't even really read a book. And I just remember for weeks on end, like laying there, I was in my daughter's room because of the construction and, um, I couldn't do anything. And so that was really hard. Um, mm-hmm. really hard. It's understatement. My husband travels a lot for work. And so it was just, it was a scramble for sure. Um, but you know, I physically, you know, from the outside, like healed from those things. But soon after, like things just started happening that weren't right for me. Like I lost my cycle for a whole year. Um, I gained a little bit of weight, like five or 10 pounds. Um, I remember feeling just so fatigued. Um, I had so much brain fog. I couldn't form sentences really. Like I just, something was off, but something was really off. And it took me a while, you know, cause like, I think a lot of times we get the message as new moms, like, Oh, you know, you've got a baby, you've got four kids. Of course you're tired. Like, of course, you know, you're yeah. distracted. And I had just had this accident. And so it's like, of course, like you're still healing, right. give yourself some time. Um, so I lived with it for a while. And then I was just like this, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. Like I, I just wasn't myself. Like I honestly, yeah. and that's the best way to describe it. Like I just wasn't myself. And so I started going through the medical system. Yeah. I went to my doctor who sent me to my OB who sent me to an endocrinologist and every single provider, you know, did what they could. And they're like, you're, they ran some labs. They looked at my labs. They said, you look great. Everything's fine. Yeah, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. Do you want the birth control pill? Do you need an antidepressant? Do you like it was just kind of like, yeah, here are your pharmaceutical options, and I have nothing like I don't have an explanation for you. Um, and I remember leaving the endocrinologist and just in tears. I was just like, something is wrong, and no one knows what it is. And so on a complete, like just Hail Mary last ditch effort, I called. Kelly Dorfman, that same nutritionist that had seen my son many years before. And I said, you know, Kelly, I don't know if we even see adults, but I'm really struggling. And I'm just curious, like if you could help me. And she said, absolutely. Um, And she met with me and she looked at my labs that all the physicians had run. And she said, you one are so symptomatic of a thyroid issue. And two, like, she was like, see here on your labs, you've got thyroid antibodies and they're not like crazy elevated. Your physicians aren't going to recognize this, but they're not optimal either for someone of your age and your life. Um, and so this is where she said, she's like, go gluten-free. She's like, that's like the best thing you can do at this moment, go Go. gluten-free, rerun your labs in four to six weeks and just see if it makes a difference. Um, and so I did. And I reran them in four weeks and the antibodies were completely gone, um, which was awesome. And, and then, so I just stuck with it. I kept meeting with her. We made other changes along the way. Um, and a couple months later, my cycle came back, weight started falling off energy came. I mean, just all the things, you know, it just, 
And it was amazing. And at that point I was completely hooked. Like I was just, I mean, I couldn't stop reading or listening. Um, it was just, it was life-changing for me. And I decided if I could, I was like, I, I need to do this enrichment. Like we need these kind of resources. Um, and so I dipped my toe in the water and got my health coaching certification from mind, body green. Um, mm-hmm. and that was further confirming that I just loved it. I and mean, I had amazing teachers. I had uh, Kelly Levac did some parts of that. Um, Mark Hyman, Will Cole, Vincent Pedro. I mean, I just, it was awesome. Yeah. And, um, after that I started seeing clients and then I decided like, I loved, I felt really good about what I had learned, the protocols I'd learned and how to help people, but I didn't understand the science behind it. Like I didn't understand yeah. the why, like on a cellular level, why magnesium is helpful or vitamin D or sleep or all the things. Um, and so at that time I decided to go back and get my master's, um, and in clinical nutrition. Um, and from there I went and got my, um, CNS, which was my certification. That's a personalized nutrition certification. So, um, and that's kind of how green mind started. Wow. Wow. Taryn, your story. I feel <laughs> like I had quite a story. No, I, I love it. And I feel like I had chills the whole entire time. I just, you know, just even taking like a sliver of that, of what happened with your son and the very powerful changes, um, and effects that taking a more functional integrative approach helped him, but then you had your own personal experience and it just compounds it even further. And no wonder you're doing what you're doing now. And I think that this industry and the world, quite frankly, needs more practitioners like you because you've had experience firsthand. Um, and you know, the, the power of it. And there are so many different directions. I could take this conversation right now. So <laughs> let's, um, you know, I'm just actually curious. So when you went to Kelly for yourself and mm-hmm. she took a deeper look into your labs, was the thyroid stuff connected at all to the concussion? Or was that something you think that you were living with before? Um, and then you just didn't know it. That's a good question. So I know, um, my mom, one thing I remember about her is she had a thyroid condition. So I know it's in my genetics. And what I know is that, and tell people all the time is that our lifestyle, our diet, everything influences our genetics and like whether certain things are expressed. Um, I think the stress and trauma from that concussion push my mm-hmm. thyroid in that direction. Um, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, hard to know, but that's my opinion. I, I was, um, doing really well before then. And I will say though, like once you start pulling back the layers on your own health journey and you apply, you know, functional nutrition kind of principles, you end up feeling better than you ever have before. Um, and you know, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. So like I started with the gluten-free, and then, um, definitely worked on like things like my sleep and supplements and how I created meals. And over time, you know, I found out I had a mold, to- uh, mold toxicity issue. And if you start to like peel back the layers, you realize like, wow, like I feel even better than I ever have. Like yeah. I have so much more energy. Um, but yeah, I do think it was from the concussion. Definitely. So I- I want to get into the why behind the going gluten-free in a second, but, um, I would love to know, you know, I've had another person on the podcast who went through this really terrible back injury and she was always very active before. And I think that there is this mental piece that goes along with when something throws you off the rails like that, obviously there's the physical healing and, Mm -hmm. um, the kind of stabilization that something like that puts you in, but what would you go back if you could and tell yourself when you were going through that really challenging period, what would you say? That's a tough one. Um, I would tell myself to give myself, uh, some grace, honestly, because I have always in my life been just a Mm go-getter and a, a busy, productive type person. And 
laying there in that room for six weeks, um, that was, that was really hard. And it was, you know, you, you think a lot and (laughs) wrestling with emotions you're feeling, um, about, you know, my inability to be a good mom at that moment to my, to my baby, to my, you know, other children and being accessible to them was really, really challenging. Um, and that period of time and when I was in, it felt like forever, like it felt so slow and, you know, it's hard not to come down on yourself, like yeah. just get out of bed, just feel like I didn't truly, I I've done since my accident, a real deep dive. Like when I was doing my master's, I did a deep dive into concussions and treatment and, um, I still don't think I quite understood what was going on in this, the severity of it while I was in it. And so I think if I could just look back and say, give yourself some grace and this time will pass and your whole family will move on. Um, and if I would have listened to it, that's the other part of that (laughs) suggestion would have been, would have been really helpful for me. Do you think without that experience, you would be on the path that you are now? I don't know. That is tough to say. Um, I always, you know, that's tough to say, honestly, that was a huge driver for me that like, I have to do something because, um, it was, you know, twice now in my experience where I felt like I needed more information and I couldn't figure out how to get it. Yeah. And, and so it was just so clear Um, but it was really challenging for me to go back to work. I mean, it was, you know, with four kids and, um, the ages they are, and then with my husband's job and travel and the way we had structured our family up until then, it was really hard to imagine, okay, how am I going to actually do this? Um, so I don't know, honestly. And I imagine that that is a tough question to answer because I, by no means I'm trying to imply that you're glad that that experience happened to you, but I feel as if you kind of hear those stories and, you know, I think there's a spectrum upon which you look back and you're like, that was actually a blessing, you know, but, Mm -hmm. and I, and I imagine that it would be really hard to characterize an experience like that as a quote unquote blessing. Um, I think now where you are, it's a beautiful unfolding of something that was really challenging. And so Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to get out is just giving people hope that if you are going through a really challenging time um, and your story resonates with somebody that there could be something more beautiful on the other side, Mm or it could motivate you to, um, you know, make a pivot or what have you. So um, that's just kind of what I was trying to Absolutely. Yeah. Beautifully said. So I want to, what you were talking about with your son, resonated with me personally, because my son is almost two and he has to be the pickiest eater of a toddler that's come into my experience. And I, and I feel as if like it, um, it has most to do with the texture. Like Mm -hmm. he, like when I was spoon feeding him and he started to eat the solids, like he would eat anything. Like I would blend butternut squash and avocado and olive oil and like put it at the end of the spoon, he would eat it. And then I feel as if he started to gain that sense of independence. And he said, he didn't want to be spoon fed anymore. But then when it came to actually like touching certain foods, it was like this texture thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a holistic health coach and a founder of a natural foods company, people always inquire into what I'm feeding my son. And I'm like, last night it was a piece of bacon and a piece of bread. Cause like, that's mm-hmm. the only thing that he will eat plus milk. Mm-hmm. Um, or what a friend called like air snacks the other day, you know, it's like, granted, it's like cauliflower puffs, but it's still mm-hmm. a processed food. Um, right. thankfully he actually does like all gratified products and he drinks smoothies so I can bank on that. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Well, when you went and sought the help of Kelly and she was kind of saying these things, how did you integrate some of these, um, tips from her while still navigating his pickiness? Um, so the way we started out with him at first 
um, was with some supplements, honestly, because mm-hmm. I, the change that comes with a child that has texture aversions and sensory processing issues, um, takes a lot of time because right? you've got to get their buy-in, um, and you want to create like a really healthy relationship with food. And so, you know, we did start with supplements first. That was one of the very first things we did just to make sure that he was getting the nutrition that his body was screaming for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we made some changes as far as like the quality of the food. So things that I knew he would eat, making sure it was the best quality that it could be. So if it was, um, yogurt, you know, it would be a grass fed organic high quality yogurt without any hint of pesticides. And that, you know, um, being grass fed had more of the anti-inflammatory fats in it versus the omega sixes, that sort of thing. Um, and so I, that's what we did next, you know, and, and, you know, making sure all foods were as as much as possible organic. So he wasn't getting some of that toxic exposure from mm-hmm. some of those chemicals. Cause a lot of kids that do have those texture issues are more sensitive. Like the, the research shows that they, they do have a more sensitive makeup. And so, um, they may be more sensitive to things like gluten or the, the processed foods than other children. Um, so there is a difference there. So giving them the best quality that you can is really important and then not giving up. So like you said, your son eats smoothies, which is amazing. So you're not giving up on the, the, the hand foods and the things that he can feed himself, but then also giving him some blended options that, you know, he'll, he'll drink least so that he can get that nutrition. And in the meantime, um, but I'll say, I mean, it took, he started doing better pretty quickly because of those changes, because of the supplements and kind of tweaking some of the quality of the food he was getting. But I will say it it was a long journey before, I mean, today he will eat anything I put in front of him, which I can't believe I'm saying, but back then it was like, if I, you know, did the like lovely you know, art of distraction as a mom and, you know, tried to trick them or laugh or whatever, and like put something in his mouth, he would literally just gag. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it was hard to kind of tough that out, but it was just, you know, continuing, like, if he won't put something in his mouth, getting him to put it in his hands is the first step. Like you've got to get him to be able to touch the food before you can get him to eat the food. Um, so that took a long time, a really long time. Yeah. And I mean, and can you clarify what you mean exactly by sensory processing issues? Now, is that all of the senses? I'm just kind of thinking about Mason and like sometimes when, you know, it's like quiet in the room and we're just hanging out and then my husband, Alex will like say something and he'll like freak out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. again, I feel like I'm having all of these light bulbs go off, but at the same time, I'm like, well, 90% of his diet is pretty clean, but maybe there's something I'm yeah. missing there. He is so lucky. He has those foundations from you. Um, yeah. So like my best example is when I, when he was, um, say one and I would have him, he would be calm and like on my chest and I'd be walking into a birthday party with my older son at one of those like inflatable places or bouncy places or any kid birthday party. Right. And there's like some screaming or laughing and lights within one minute of being in those kind of situations, he would start screaming bloody murder. Like I literally could not stay in the building. Um, and, and just like what you mentioned with your son, like, you know, it's that it's a, it's a hypersensitivity to sound and light and touch it is and smell. It can be all the senses. Um, and I think in some kids, it can be certain senses more than others, but there are ways to help regulate that. I mean, there are, we have an amazing speech therapy resource in town, Maria Zanetti, who's been so helpful to our family for many years. Um, she's well-trained in that. Um, but there are ways you can kind of um, help bring the baseline closer to the normal when you do have that kind of overreactive sensory system. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I feel like mm-hmm. this could be a whole other conversation. I probably should talk to you <laughs> offline, but for other moms of young kids, if this is kind of resonating with them, or even just if there's someone listening, being like, well, what is that type of development have to do with their nutrition? How would you best describe that to other mothers almost in like layman's terms? Like what is going on there? Why is there that connection? Wow. That's a very good question. Um, it's so personalized, honestly, what's specifically going on with your child, but there's lots of different buckets that Mm -hmm. it could be. And, you know, it could be straight nutrient deficiencies and you need certain, for example, magnesium is a big regulator of mood and brain health. Um, mm-hmm. so in you know, general layman's terms, like it could be something as simple as a magnesium deficiency. It's really hard to get enough magnesium from our food supply, no matter mm-hmm. how healthy you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be something like a specific nutrient deficiency, vitamin D magnesium, um, lack of omegas from the diet, you know, anti-inflammatory fatty acids are huge with brain development and keeping inflammation at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and those types of things are in like our wild, you know, fatty fish, um, which maybe toddlers aren't eating that much of, or, right. um, you know, walnuts and chia seeds again, you know, may yeah. not be typical in a toddler's diet. Um, it can be something like, absorption. So, you know, kids, um, that are, you know, born C-section and don't have the, um, influx of, you know, healthy bacteria Bacteria, from, from, um, a natural, like a regular delivery, um, can have gut issues. And so that can play into absorption. So maybe they are eating a super healthy diet, but they have some absorption issues at play and that, you know, um, we know that 80% of our kind of communication from our gut and brain comes from, comes from directionally from our gut to our brain. Our gut is a huge player in overall, um, uh, you know, brain health. And, um, and then it can be something, as I mentioned before, just being more sensitive and needing more support, um, from an inflammation perspective, exposure from toxins in their environment. Maybe it's, drinking water, maybe it's household chemicals, maybe it's heating up baby food and plastic. I mean, you know, it can be so different or, and honestly, it's usually a combination of things, um, that can create, you know, issues like this. Yeah. Well, that's really informative. Thank you for all that um, information. So kind of, it's a good segue because what I was reading on your website, which I thought was, um, so cool and puts you at such an advantage and being such a valuable resource to other mothers is that when you were kind of learning all of this stuff yourself, you had four kids across a variety of ages from high school to preschool, um, Mm -hmm. which I know people listening to the podcast can't see Taryn, but for having four kids, like you glow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Um, but I would just love to know kind of how you translate that information. Cause I imagine that it was very important for you to, um, whether it's just through demonstration and what you're personally doing or how you're relaying that information to your kids. Like what are some of the tactics that you used, um, just sort of bring them on board to the healthy train, if you will. Yeah. And that is something, honestly, I work on every single day. And I struggle with, you know, the balance between being mom and being nutritionist. Um, and what I have decided, um, is that I want my job for them is to educate and I want them to be independent, functional, healthy people when they leave my home. Um, and they're all, you know, they're all individual. Right. And so I know they may not buy into nutrition exactly like I do. And it's hard. It is really hard for me on a daily basis. I am holding back words, um, because the last thing I want to do is, is come across judgmental and push them away. And so what I try to do is, um, tailor my rhetoric to each person, um, Mm -hmm. So that it is, you know, 
important to them. So whatever they're interested in, I kind of tailor my, you should eat this or we, I serve this because this is good for X, Y, Z. Um, and try to open up the dialogue. I, I have decided I have complete control over what I serve in my house, but Mm -hmm. I realize my kids are getting, uh, you know, three of them are pretty much older now where they're, they're out at school, they're out with their friends, they're making their own decisions. And I can't, I can't lose sleep over that. I can just guide them. Um, and so it's really about, you know, my oldest loves lacrosse and he loves, um, he's very, a very good student. And so like, I will say things to him, like, let's, you know, I'm going to give you the snack so you can focus while you study or something like this. And and yeah. I may drop in a line about the nuts, having healthy fats to support his brain, just pieces so that I can, um, really help educate him. And I mean, and he, he's probably my best, honestly, most healthy eater. He's already asked me when he goes to college, how he's going to afford his vitamins. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I'm like, I will buy them for you at least while you're in college. So don't tell your dad. Yeah. Um, and so he's, I, I know he's listening. Um, the one, you know, one I've mentioned before, he's a, he's a tougher sell and I try not to do use vanity metrics with nutrition, honestly, but there is one thing with nutrition with teenagers and nutrition. And I get this call a lot in my practice is about skin health and acne. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do talk a lot with them about like, if they're having an acne flare up and they're feeling bad about it. And I'm like, well, like how much sugar have you been eating? How much right. dairy have you be, been eating? Cause those two things are really highly correlated with acne. Um, and my daughter bakes all the time and, you know, she is not gluten-free, but four out of six of us in our house are. And so we made that change a long time ago. Um, love using a lot of the ingredients that you use with your empower bars that are just so amazing. And, um, we, and so it was kind of, we had a conversation, like, I know you're not gluten-free, but the rest of us are, and we would love to enjoy your treats together. And I think she's bought into the fact that if she makes treats in a certain way that we all can enjoy them a lot more and there aren't restrictions because they are healthy, you know, they are low in sugar and they don't have food coloring. Um, but when she has friends over for her sleepover, like we may buy the organic baking mix, but it is higher in sugar and it's not what I want her to have, but I am trying to not be a hundred percent restrictive either. So, um, that's kind of how I approach it with each of them, but yeah, it's, it's a battle. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And it, but it seems as if you are just doing the best that you can with what you have. And, um, speaking of your daughter, I need to get her one of my cookbooks. I have a gluten-free oh, plant-based cookbook and some baking that. mixes. Um, oh, so remind so nice. me to send that to you. Um, you would love it because to all the bakers out there, like I, I am in the world of gluten-free plant based baking and it is mm-hmm. so fun. And they are, I think they're even more delicious because they're very satiating and they don't, you don't have that like blood sugar drop after the fact. So, um, 100%. shameless plug, but, um, <laughs> so I am curious just how deeply enmeshed you are in the world of kind of the functional integrative side of things and having so much experience with seeking help in the conventional medicine world. And this might be a controversial question, but I would be curious to know, not like your opinion on the conventional medical system, but how, if it still does in any way, play a role in you and your family's life. Um, you know, because we've talked about this before and how that system is broken and needs a lot of help, Mm -hmm. but that there can be the best of both worlds, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Eastern meets Western or what have you. So I would just just love to know how you integrate those two worlds. If you do, or you're just kind of gung ho on everything that you've learned and more of the like holistic integrative side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. So, um, I think the conventional medical system, um, for all the great things it does. I mean, I do believe there is a strong needed place for it, um, has many flaws. And I, I say that knowing that 
a lot of my physician friends would agree with me in that statement. Yeah. And um, many physicians would be the first to tell you that they don't have the time they need to focus on their patients. Like the mm -hmm. way we've set up the medical model, you know, a lot of them get lucky having 15 minutes with a patient. And that is, yeah. that's just not enough. Um, you know, I have a lot of clients with diabetes that were, we're working on re actually reversing diabetes and it, it takes a lot of time with them yeah. from an education standpoint. Um, and I think the other thing that is just such a disservice that I have a hard time wrapping my brain around with physicians and their schooling is that medical schools in our country, you know, typically a lot, two weeks of nutrition training. Yeah. And you know, that, my, I two hours. Uh, and it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like I'm yeah. looking back at my master's. I mean, half of it was on biochemistry and organic chemistry and how, you know, certain enzymes require nutrients to function. Um, and, you know, so like when I'm looking at a blood panel of a patient and I'm looking at liver enzymes, yes, of course, our physicians are looking for liver enzymes out of range and looking for disease state. But I know that like alkaline phosphatase needs zinc to function. And if that, that number's low, that can indicate a zinc deficiency and zinc is needed in so many things, just like magnesium in our body. Um, so it's really important information. And I will always partner physician with physicians if they're willing, like if they're willing and a lot of them just don't have the time, unfortunately, but to get on the phone or email or whatnot, I love working with doctors. Um, yeah. yeah. And, um, but I, I do think something has got to change the way our medical system is set up. It's just a disservice to a lot of people, honestly. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely agree with that. So that's a good segue into kind of talking, talking about your practice and your focus. Um, so I would love to know like what kind of clients you attract, what are the main areas that you're focusing on with your clients? And then what are those areas that you feel most aligned with you in working with clients? Yes. Um, well, it's so funny. I got into this initially thinking, you know, definitely was going to focus mostly on ADHD and anxiety. Can you hear me? Okay? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, um, as I started practicing, I just, I have these, I love complicated patients. Honestly, that's the easiest way to say it. Mm -hmm. I love helping people that were like me as a mom or a person where they have, they're just frustrated and they know something's wrong and they don't know what's wrong. Um, and so I get a lot of different types of clients. I would say my buckets are, um, like if I were to group them would be a lot of gut health. I have a lot mm -hmm. of IBS, IBD type patients that have Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or IBS, and they just don't understand why they're having digestive issues. Um, I have a lot of blood sugar dysregulation clients, you know, diabetics, pre-diabetics. Um, I have a lot of what I call weight loss resistance. And so mm -hmm. I'm typically not the first stop on their weight loss journey. And it's more the patient that has something else going on, like a thyroid condition or, a gut health condition or something that is getting in the way of their weight loss. They're just not being successful and can't figure out what's going on. Um, and then I would say my final bucket is probably more mental health. I have mm -hmm. a lot and a lot of these overlap. And I mean, it makes sense. Like a lot, yeah. you know, we know blood sugar dysregulation starts in the gut, like um, mental health, there's a strong gut connection, blood sugar connection. I mean, it's all intertwined. Um, but I do have a lot of clients struggling with, depression, anxiety, and, um, ADHD, and they're, they're wanting a more natural help with that as well. Do you find yourself encouraging a gluten-free lifestyle for your patients, um, across these areas? So it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we do know from research, recent research that we do know that gluten 
causes leaky gut, which is basically a breach in the barrier of our digestive um, system in a hundred percent of people, every single person, mm-hmm. it opens up the gates. Now, whether that creates you know, how long that happens or whether that creates a, a, you know, immune response, um, is person dependent. And so I typically advise a gluten light diet for almost everyone. I just don't think there's a big place for gluten, at least our country's gluten, um, as part of our diet. I just don't think there's a big place for it, but yeah. I will say because of my patient profiles, you know, the types of clients I get a lot of them, um, do benefit from a gluten-free diet and that can be easy for some, and that can be really, really challenging for some to kind of get behind. Yeah. And I mean, just personally speaking, like I've been pretty much gluten-free dairy-free since, you know, my mid twenties, I'm almost 38 now. Um, now the dairy side of things, I have kind of changed my tune about, um, and Mm -hmm. I love like Siggy's like the plain, um, yogurt, but the gluten, you know, this is where I wrestle because I feel as if I know you like me have dabbled in wearing the levels and you're very big proponent of blood sugar balance as I am. And what I've learned the most about wearing that CGM, which I'm be curious to know what you've learned about yourself Mm -hmm. is that my energy and my mood, my blood sugar thrive off of protein and healthy fat. Um, Mm -hmm. but I have come to a realization that I don't feel as if I'm eating enough fiber. Um, and even though I get my fiber from vegetables, I don't know, that's a whole nother story for a different day, but I just remember, I always go back and I've said this on the podcast a million times, but I always go back to when I was backpacking with my husband in Europe for three months Mm -hmm. and I didn't have those restrictions and I ate all the gluten and I ate the dairy and I ate the pasta and I drank the wine. Anyway, I'd never felt better. And, you know, so I found these, like, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like called like fitness bread over here. And he's like GG crackers that are Uh basically Scandinavian. Uh So it's like European wheat. I would just love, and I feel as if, um, that's, I'm not having any adverse effects, but then I know sometimes those effects aren't really what you can like see and feel instantaneously. So I'd be curious about your opinion on that. Um, Just if it's like European wheat, do you think that that is a little bit better or is it something that you feel as if, if we have digestive issues and skin issues, we should cut out? I definitely think European wheat is better. Um, I will be going, you know, I've been gluten-free for many years now myself and I am planning a trip to Italy at some point in my near future, and I will be eating their pizza and pasta. Um, And we have just as a country genetically modified that wheat germ so much. um, There is a big difference. Now, the fact that you don't feel anything um, when you eat the Gigi crackers is tough to say. So when we have, you know, inflammation starts before we feel it. And then Mm. by the time we feel it, there's a big problem and we feel gluten responses in many different ways. It can be digestion. Um, it can be brain fog. It can be fatigue, um, headaches. I mean, there's a lot of different way joint pain that it can manifest. Um, but that being said, I would say that's probably the best choice. Um, if you are going to have some gluten and I'm with you on, you know, you mentioned the blood sugar balance, you know, what I don't want to do is put someone on a gluten-free diet and all of a sudden they're buying all the gluten-free crackers and cookies and bread. I mean, that's, that's not the foundation of a healthy lifestyle. So like what I'm trying to teach people is to eat real food. I think that's one of the most important things we can all do is eat real food and cook some real food. Um, and so that's not, you know, there's not really a big place in that for gluten-free, whatever that is marketed on, you know, in the box in the store. Um, right. and, um, you know, you mentioned the levels and I think that that is huge. Like as far as like a tool I use in my practice, I am such a fan of the levels glucose monitor, um, even more so than than other CGMs on the market. I've had clients where lots of different types. Um, and I 
feel like levels is a really fair reading. Um, but that's kind of where nutrition becomes super personal, right? So, um, like I learned from wearing that, that even, you know, half a sweet potato, which I love sweet potatoes completely spikes my sugar, no matter how I eat it, you know, no matter if I eat a salad with big protein, um, that's going to send me into a big spike. Um, what have you, what have you learned? That, that was the, um, most disheartening thing I learned (laughs) because sweet potatoes were definitely, um, are, well, I would say are my favorite food. And it's so funny. My husband will make fun of me because when I was, um, this was probably eight years ago now when we were about to get married and I had this other separate desk job and every day I would pack my lunch and it would be a big sweet potato with a piece of salmon. (laughs) And he was like, you would cook these sweet potatoes and you would eat them every single day. And I was like, you know, and I mean, I'm not to say that I, I'm, I know I look beautiful in my wedding day, but I was like, like, yeah, I was so confused. Like, you know, it's just, (laughs) and I'm not saying that sweet potatoes is not a healthy food, but for me, I mean, a, I don't think that you should eat. Anyone should be eating sweet potatoes every single day, but I mean, that just kind of showed I'm a carb person. Right. And I feel as if like there can be so much confusion and that's where I was kind of dabbling in the paleo side of diet and thinking that if something was just made with almond flour or it was a big sweet potato instead of a sandwich that it was a lot healthier for me, but that's not necessarily how Mm -hmm. blood sugar works. Um, and the balance side of it, balance being the key word, you know, in terms of how you build your plate, um, it still matters. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was health coaching full time, I would get a lot of clients coming to me saying that they ate really healthy, but also the how of what you eat is just as important, whether it's, you know, you're always eating in a sympathetic nervous state or you're overeating because you think it's healthy food, or you're one of those people like I was in my twenties that would just be a cardio fiend and then feel as if I deserve to eat whatever I wanted. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, um, there's all those little nuancey things that you still have to take into consideration, which is why I think what you're doing with individual, um, nutrition consulting and things like that is so Mm -hmm. important and sort of like using those under the hood things like a CGM or testing or what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I think it's so great that you said that you like work, the kind of complicated cases. Cause I imagine mm-hmm. those are the most profound when you help somebody that has been very, very deep in frustration and mm-hmm. just, um, that when you help them, there is that, um, higher spike of gratification on the other side. So what is kind of a case study, yeah. what client kind of sticks out in your mind, um, where you feel as if, um, you really kind of helped them with their health and turned things around. Gosh, which one to choose? Um, (laughs) I love that. And, you know, well, I, I, without, you know, I'll call her Jan. Um, but the first person that comes to mind who, um, you know, we're still working, but she's been a diabetic for 20 something years. Um, and I, I want to talk about her because I think it speaks to really meeting clients where they are. Um, and she's, you know, had some diabetic, um, blood sugar issues, of course, had a lot of gut issues intertwined with that. Um, some anxiety and kind of digestive disturbances, um, and has had some, you know, tough things in her life, some trauma that I think has been at play with her health overall. Um, but she has been just the, um, most delightful and kind of seeker of information. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and has completely overhauled her diet, you know, from she would, when we first met, you know, unpack her groceries and get into a bag of chips and, you know, we have been able to, um, we've been working together a few years, slowly, uh, reduce some of her medication, which has been amazing. Um, and 
I'm trying at this point in time to push her a little more and do some things like fasting and, um, she's not quite ready to hear it. And uh, so I'm still here kind of checking in on her and sending her things. And, um, yeah, but she's been someone that's great. Um, I've got another client that I love that, uh, I love all my clients. They're so wonderful. Um, and I feel so honored. I get to be a part of their journey, but, um, they invite me into their lives and their homes. And, um, you know, she wanted to lose weight and she had, you know, had had the typical line from her physicians of just, well, you should, you know, you need to lose weight. You should exercise. You should eat less. Um, and we have been really working on helping her, um, kind of translate her overall diet. We've done some stool testing, worked on her gut health, talked a lot about blood sugar balance, talked a lot about what I know you're so into, which is just color and food. That's a big thing for me as well. And just, you know, those colorful, rich foods are those antioxidant and disease fighting compounds that are so healthy and important for you. And just giving her that education that she can then share with her family, with her kids and her husband. And I think she's lost, I don't know, is it 55 pounds at this point? Um, and that was so important to her. Like she, um, lost her mom at a young age as well, um, due to diabetes. And, um, so this, I know has been super impactful for her as well. Um, so those are top two that come to mind right now. Yeah. And that's a strong motivating factor for sure. Mm -hmm. So where does kind of the emotional relationship to food piece come in with your work? Because, you know, we all have this relationship with food and a lot of the times it, stems back to childhood really. And, um, you know, especially in a dieting culture, that's where food relationships can really be harmed. So do you find yourself coming up against emotional food relationships? Um, and if so, how do you navigate that with your clients? Always like every day, um, every single day. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm definitely not a therapist. Um, and, but I, my whole goal with my practice is to provide education so that people can understand how amazing food is. Like Mm -hmm. I want to turn the rhetoric around, you know, people, um, come in and I come in with my own baggage around food and have like restriction and, you know, um, and so what I always really try to focus on, especially initially is, you know, if there's an issue, like what food can we add? Like, what can we add to your plate that's going to help provide healing and start that healing path Um, and kind of reframe that dialogue people have around food and take away some of that fear and anxiety. Um, You know, you mentioned balance and that is one of the things that is just so imperative for health, for anyone's health journey. Um, And I think what gets confused a lot of times are people that are trying to make changes. They they hear the word restrict or they hear the word take away, then all of a sudden it just um, spirals into something where like they, all they can do is think about X, Y, Z, whatever food it is. Um, and so one, you know, as we're, as we're putting in things of balance, like one thing that um, I work with on everyone is kind of closing the kitchen a couple hours before bed. Cause we mm-hmm. really big, need, yeah. yeah, we need sleep to, that glymphatic system to that drainage for like clearing all the toxins and waste from our brain. It's so important. And we can't do that if we're digesting food. Um, and a lot of people struggle with like, well, they get this craving, you know, at night post dinner, they want that glass of wine or they want the chocolate or they want whatever it is. And it's, it's not necessarily, you know, if you can reframe it in your thought of just not that you're never going to have that, you know, it's not like you can never have that glass of wine or you can never have that piece of chocolate. But if you can just in this moment, the kitchen is closed. And if you wake up that next morning and you're still craving that, then you need to go have that. It's fine. Like, yeah, go have your breakfast and have a piece of chocolate. You know, I've actually never had anyone wake up and still want what they were craving to this day, unless they haven't shared it with me yet. But, um, (laughs) it's just, it's just reframe is like a, not right now, you know, it's just, uh, you can't have this right now. And I think that, you know, just kind of working on the mental aspect of things, um, can make a big difference for sure. Yeah. And I love that kind of concept of permission. Um, because I feel as if when people with cravings and things like that, when people tell themselves that they can't have something, you know, it's human nature to want it even more. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like, don't yeah. touch the red button or don't think of the purple elephant. Backfires. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, you could just do what I do where I know I'm going to crave something sweet after dinner. So I just build it into my meal. So it's like, I have my dinner. Um, and then I know that I'm probably going to want a little sweet treat. So I'll have it yeah. right then. And then kitchen close. Perfect. I know yeah. it's exactly how you're supposed to do it. It's awesome. Um, so I could talk to you for another hour, but I could too. <laughs> for the sake of time, I only have a couple more questions for you but before I ask them. Um, I would love for you to share where people can find you and work with you. Yes. Yes. So, um, my website, green mind health. Um, I'm also on Instagram a lot at, at green mind health. Um, yeah. So come find me. I'd love to yeah. chat. Yeah. And I'll link um, both of those into the show notes. Um, so I love hearing about people's morning routines, but I'm even more interested in kind of hearing what a day in life looks like for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I need you to expand on that. So kind of from the moment that you wake up until your head hits the pillow, what does oh, day I was look like? afraid you're going to ask this question. <laughs> um, <laughs> it may not be ideal. Honestly, I keep my husband and I keep saying this is a season of life, but, yeah. and there is um, no ideal. So. Oh, yeah. So it is, um, whenever I say someone, you know, incorporating health, you have to have some sort of schedule or organization. So every morning I typically wake up around five 30 or five 40 to get some sort of movement in, um, which I vary a lot. So it can be like this morning. I did some intervals on my treadmill, um, tomorrow probably strength or a walk or something, but I love that is my time. I think most clearly when I'm exercising, um, and that's the only time I really can be sure to get that in. So I do that most mornings, except maybe not on the weekend. Um, I don't wake up quite that early. And then, um, I have some coffee, love my black coffee and Mm -hmm. I am scrambling to make lunches if I haven't done it the night before and make breakfast and back to that. Like I have control over my, you know, what my kids eat in my house. So it's really important to me to get them a high protein, nutrient dense breakfast. So I am making like an egg breakfast or a smoothie or some kind of muffin, um, with almond flour and nuts and things in it for breakfast. Um, and help take everyone to school. And then honestly, some mornings I don't have time for a shower. I like literally throw clothes on and come to my clinic. Um, and my clinic opens at nine with patients until three and, I'm shut my computer off and run out the door to do afternoon pickups. Um, I will say in the middle of my workday, it is important to me to take moments to hop outside Mm -hmm. and take some deep breaths. Um, I also make sure, you know, I'm focusing on my hydration while I'm working. It's a huge thing. Um, I do a lot of fasting while I'm working because I don't have time to eat and I don't think it's a great way to eat where you're rushed and you're not really focused on your meal, being mindful about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I mix it up all the time. Like sometimes I'll have a smoothie and then I won't have anything till after work or I'll have something in the middle of the day, but it changes a lot. And then, yeah. um, I'm driving around, honestly, it's like the school bus. I'm just going, it seems like my kids are attracted to activities that are, 30 to 40 minutes out of town. And I am trying to, you know, I'm doing some, I have been listening to more podcasts in the car, which really make me happy. Yeah. I love, I love to learn. And then I come home and make dinner or have it prepped. If I'm really good early in the week, I'll have some kind of meal prep and I'll have protein or veggies ready to heat up. Um, and then I'm helping with homework. And if I'm having a great night, I will put on my brain tap. That's one of my new toys that I love so much. Um, it's like a guided meditation through your headset and through your eyes and it's pricey, but I will say it has put me in such a deep state of meditation. Um, and, uh, the other thing I'll do a lot of times before bed is read like read mm-hmm. one of the millions of health books that I've purchased and haven't been able to finish. I know. Um, yeah. Do you ever get to a point? Um, and this is kind of something I got to a month or so ago where I, I love to read and I love to learn. And especially in this arena, 
but I almost got to the point where I'm like, I can't attack, like, I can't go down the rabbit hole with another wellness thing. Like, I just almost want to trust the foundation that I've built, if you Mm -hmm. will. Like, I do still love listening to those podcasts and stuff, but I have a tendency to, um, you know, want to kind of like revamp in order to on the path that's encouraged by some author or whatever. And then it just sort of, I I just get overwhelmed and I'm sure other people can relate to that. But do you ever reach a point where you're like, I'm, I've built a really amazing foundation. I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm finding honestly now, like I do love to listen to certain people that I know are on the cutting edge of research. Cause I know new research is coming out all the time. Um, but I am at a point now in my learning where I feel like my, what you're speaking to, my foundation is strong and some people, honestly, I just don't agree with, and that's okay. Like that is absolutely okay. Um, there are different approaches and different opinions. And if I stay true to, you know, I am rooted in uh, most of my teaching is in medical journals and, science. And if I can stay true to that and I hear something new and it makes sense on a scientific level to me, then I'm all about it. But in other things, I'm like, that's just, you know, not something for me and my practice. Um, so I hear you. There's a lot of, a lot of good information, but a lot of misinformation out there, which is frustrating. Yes. Um, I know. And sometimes with all this information, you just need to like, even if you want to experiment, but it doesn't work with you, you know, it's like what I say when I teach yoga or whatever. And it's like, I'm, I'm here to offer a menu of options and you can take what works, leave what doesn't. And so I think that that's basically what I'm trying to do with this podcast and my endeavors is like, how can you build your own individual toolkit to optimize your individual lifestyle knowing that there's so many of those different, like, what's that thing that you did in math where it was like the probabilities or whatever. And it's like, there's yeah, so many different yeah. possibilities yes, out there, but like, yes. you just need to kind of truncate it down to, to a core of what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. My last question is if you could kind of stand at a podium and communicate your message in a few sentences, what would you want your audience to hear? Hmm. I would say, probably that food is a powerhouse. Um, Mm. it can be curative and medicinal and amazing. Um, and on the other hand, you know, it's not really food, but fake food, um, can do the complete opposite. And I think we have an absolute mental health and metabolic crisis, um, in our country and something just has to change. And so if I just had one, like tidbit or takeaway from that, it would be to eat real food and cook some of it. (laughs) Even real food from a restaurant, like you just don't know exactly what's in there. And so if you can have that foundation, that can make a big difference. Hmm. Boom. Taryn, you just titled the podcast for me. There you go. (laughs) Nutritious food is a powerhouse. I love it. Well, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. Thank you so much for coming on here. Um, you know, like-minded soul. So I always um, Absolutely. So great to connect. And um, I know we'll stay connected through the interwebs. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for all that you do as well, like just your mission and all the education that you're providing for everyone. I think it's such a gift. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthified podcast and hope you enjoyed this episode. If it resonated with you, please share it with a friend or rate and review the podcast, which helps us share the health with more people. For further learning, be sure to check out the linked resources in the show notes, and you can connect with us on Instagram at healthified and at gratified. Until next time.